Good day, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Let's Be Diverse podcast. I am your host, Andrew Stout. This episode is dedicated to all my loved ones who have supported me through this journey. In this current uh, career landscape, career transitions have become a critical aspect of career development. Career and life transitions are a common and critical part of our adult life, and they sometimes allow us to expect a pattern. Yet, the process of transition is sometimes misunderstood, and in some cases, not always accepted by others. Career transition support is designed to help you implement practical strategies to navigate a successful transition to launch your new career. So today we're going to discuss women in career transition and support. To help us navigate through this important topic, I'm lucky to have as our guest today, Megan Pollard. Now Megan is a deeply passionate and driven human resources professional. She has experience in human resources, organizational behavior, strategy, issues management, planning, and coordination. She has a comprehensive background in leading client education and development opportunities. Welcome to the show, Megan, and it is a pleasure to have you on today. Thanks so much for having me. You're very, very welcome. How have things been? Things are going really well. Super busy, my neck of the woods. Well, that's good. Busy is always good. Keeps you out of trouble. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Before we begin, Megan, uh, I always have a fun question to ask uh, my guests to get things going. Are you ready for yours? 100%. So my question for you today is, what is one recipe you would make for your friends and family that they always ask you to make at a gathering or party? Uh, death by chocolate. Death by go-to. chocolate. Yeah, I, I have four kids, so that tends to be a quick one in my house. Okay, that sounds uh, very good. Yeah, makes big bowls. You know the big green Tupperware bowls that our moms had? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, Okay. It's great. Yes, anything with chocolate, I think, is is always a good uh, is always a good to go good go to. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure it is. <laughs> so, why don't we get started today with you uh, telling our audience a little bit about yourself? Yeah, for sure. So, um, I actually started out my career in nursing and spent about twenty years doing that before I slowly started transitioning out of kind of active practice medicine into more case development. Um, I actually found myself unemployed about seven years ago now um, when the doctor I was working for was headhunted. So unfortunately, they laid an offer out and then pulled it as soon as she signed her contract. So I kind of stumbled upon current employment development by having been unemployed myself. So really kind of trying to navigate that landscape, especially from somebody who had all of this experience and all of the tools in my toolbox, but not quite an understanding of what I was going to do with that and transition that into kind of the new era that we were in. Um, I'd Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, ruined my body by active practice nursing. So I was kind of looking at what else I could do with the tools I had to still be a relevant and important um, person in my family and in my community. Okay. Yeah. Did you find, sorry. And did you find it, it was, um, did you find that you had, uh, you gathered a, or you gained a lot of leadership skills um, working in nursing? 
Yeah, so I was really lucky that I, you know, had a couple different roles within my career, including a staff nurse and kind of the team lead positions as I worked through my career. Um, I found that a lot of the management of people remains the same no matter what you do. It's the rest of the tools that you're presenting to the organization or, or the body that you're dealing with. Part of my experience comes extensively from my medical background, but as well as some of the community development that I do within um, Fort Saskatchewan. So I'm located just outside of Edmonton. And I find that being able to communicate with my community really allowed me to grow and learn within those leadership um, opportunities to be able to transport those into kind of a more professional business atmosphere versus kind of being on the floor and talking to patients. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, that's an interesting story to go from nursing to HR. That's, that's pretty good. It's yeah. Yeah, dealing it with people is. as well. Yeah, for sure. And I'm able to kind of, you know, really connect with my clients in that aspect because I have, you know, been a mom, I'm a wife, I'm, you know, a, a daughter and all of those other hats that we tend to wear and able to kind of have that business space as well. And a lot of it I learned by just actually doing it myself. Hmm. Very interesting. Hmm. So, Megan, in your opinion, what does career transition and support mean to you? So at the end of the day, career transition for anybody is process of like exploring and finding and moving into a new job or career path. It can kind of include a number of factors. So our interests, our wants, our needs, sometimes our background, as well as the environment we live in, right? So there's not really one universal way on how we do that moving forward. And it's completely unique to every individual, depending on what they're looking for. Generally, when we're looking at just a career transition in itself, it's kind of voluntary or it's involuntary. I chose to do it or I was kind of forced into it for a variety of differences or reasons kind of why that happens. Involuntary career transitions um, seem to impact people the most because you're not really anticipating having to do that switch and it tends mm -hmm. to throw people for a bit of a loop. Whether you are identifying female or male, it really doesn't matter. It affects everybody very similarly and we can see that kind of how the recovery rate is. What I do want to kind of mention is in an involuntary kind of um, career transition, female identifying friends do tend to bounce back a lot faster than male identifying people, mainly because of stereotypical kind of insight into that, that, you know, the male figure is supposed to be the manager and the supporter of the family, which is not necessarily true in this day and age. Things have changed so much within dynamics of how you live your life that sometimes I think we need to kind of remember that sometimes we can make those choices and sometimes we just have to go with it. Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting that you say that because um, uh, my late mom, she was like the glue of the family. Yeah. So um, uh, she was the one that kept everything you know, together. Um, she was the one that checked every, you know, made sure everything was okay with yeah. everybody. Made, you know, she was the one that, um, you know, reminded everybody of special days and stuff. So she was pretty much the glue yeah. um, in that respect. Yeah, they're and, the relationship builders. Yeah. And yeah. my wife, my, my current, my wife, she is I, I the glue to our small family as well. Um, so yeah. it's interesting that you uh, mentioned that. And then when you said forced, I can imagine um, that being, I've never been in a situation um, where I was forced, but I'm sure that there's guests that are listening that have been forced uh, to transition. And I can imagine that there was a little bit of um, 
confidence issues uh, lead, you know, when that happens. Yeah, for sure. Well, how do you, uh, how do you feel, like, how do you find that, uh, is it easy to get them, their, get their confidence back or help them to get their confidence back in that uh, aspect or? You know, I think because of all the tools we now have at, like access to in this thing that we live in in the internet, I think that kind of allows people to feel a little bit more reassured, reassured that they have a support network behind them, whether it's an online or just community support. And just as a career development specialist, just having that person on your side going like, you can do this and I'm here to help. So I think mm-hmm. that really changes the conversation moving forward and gives people more hope and excitement and just kind of that that initiative to take that very first step because they're not doing it floundering hmm. interesting yeah so with that being said megan what would you say are some of the barriers to women's career transitions so we you know you touched on it earlier that women tend to be the ones that kind of are carrying the load of the family and the community when it comes to kind of those those types of scenarios Women network with lower level types of people because they're more looking for peer support or people that have been in the same box as them. It tends to be way more supportive in that cheering squad, but not necessarily someone that can give them a momentum to move forward. And again, it's because we tend to kind of flock to people that may have children the same ages of ours or families going through the same experiences we are. Maybe we have aging families at home and we're taking care of our parents. We tend to kind of flock to those types of people because they understand what it's like to try and balance that. And because women, especially during COVID, it became very, very obvious that women were the ones that took a step back from their career path in order to support the family. Um, And again, that was a very much involuntary step for a majority of people across the country was, okay, you know, we're sending all your kids home or we're closing this, that and the other thing. And now you get to take on the brunt of that responsibility. So a lot of, um, I've seen a lot of my clients specifically kind of come out of that with a really lowered contribution for their network. They're not really sure where to start or a renewed hope. So it kind of went both ways. Um, We're also kind of asked secondarily to miss out on those networking opportunities. Most networking happens in the evening or on weekends. And sometimes depending on what our family's situation is, we might not have the flexibility to be able to jump into all of those things to be able to do it. So it really kind of offers a barrier to that because it's like, okay, well, I'm already juggling five different things and I only have two hands and, you know, 12 hours of my day to get it all done, right? So it's kind of picking and choosing where they're devoting their energy and kind of passion into that. Hmm. So how do you, how do you help uh, women uh, with that as far as trying to juggle their their time uh, with looking for, you know, changing careers and their home life. How do you, how do you help them adjust to that? So a lot of it is really stopping and coming to like this own self-awareness of who really is in your corner and how big of an issue is it that we're dealing with. You can't ask somebody to take a step forward if all the little duckies aren't behind them swimming and kind of there. So if they've got, you know, two duckies swimming off in different directions, it's which one do we tackle first? So with most women in in work industry, it tends to be who's got your kids and who's your backup if your kids get sick from school, right? If it's your parents, okay, have we got home care in place? Do we need any other resources in the community to make sure that when you jump into the bucket and say, I'm going to get a job or change a job or whatever that looks like, 
all the little duckies kind of have an idea of where you're going and you're not left scrambling to try and figure it out. So a lot of it is just very transparent questions and sometimes it really is one of those aha moments when they're like, I never thought of that part, right? Sometimes it is just complete um, sink or swim and they're just looking at the financial aspect of it and not the potential roadblocks that might come out of it. So do you find that they take, because of the financial roadblocks, um, do you find that they're more likely to take the first thing that comes to them or um, are they more willing to, to uh, are they more willing to um, wait out for what they actually really want to do? So I find it kind of goes both ways. It really depends on what they're looking for. If it's a real financial straight and maybe their partner was laid off and they really need to get back on their own two feet, there may have been some dynamics that happen in the family. Um, mm -hmm. They need to find a job now. I find women more flexible in kind of looking at what else they could do. So that's kind of where my question, my very first question of my clients is, is the house burning down? Or do we have a little bit of time? Because you have a little bit of time and the house isn't burning down around us, we can look at it with some clarity and actually develop a plan of what it looks like. If it is, you know, I'm going to take a job just so I can pay the bills and feed my family and that kind of, and take care of myself, then that's our first responsibility. After that, we can maybe slow down and in between those moments when we're not working or not caring for our family and we have that self-care option, we can say, hey, so I have a job and it's doing what it's mm -hmm. supposed to but I don't love it. And at the end of the day, we contribute more to ourselves, our community, and we teach everyone we're surrounded with more about ourselves when we are like, I love what I do. I believe in what I do and I know that it's great opportunity for me. And it could be it's a job at Walmart. There's no rules for anybody about their dreams and hopes. But what is my role in supporting that to make them kind of stop for a second and really look at that? Wonderful. Um, so to be, uh, to have a successful career transition, what are some strategies that you would implement to navigate a successful career transition? Or um, what would you recommend? That's a great question. So one of the big things is to really look at what you love about your day-to-day -day life. If you're currently working, what is it that you really love doing? We have people that really love being connected to other people. So customer service is super important. They love different touch points within their job and they love really being able to utilize the heavy lifting and the actual tangible learning opportunities within their job. So a lot of it is kind of identifying within it what those recurring themes are. I recommend to a lot of my clients to actually start writing down daily, journaling, um, kind of what they liked during the day, what did they love, what didn't they like, what was kind of frustrating to them, and see if there's something kind of that shows up in all of that. Kind of looking at what, what tools you already have in your toolbox in order to be able to move them forward. And then, of course, one of the biggest things is to really look at what we're passionate about. What are we interested in? What do we value? And what skills do we already have? Because from that point, we can then determine, okay, do, am I looking at returning to school? Am I looking at some opportunity to learn and grow within what I'm already doing? Or is this something where I'm completely stepping back and going, I don't like any of it, now what? It, it really kind of needs to open up that conversation because then we're looking at, okay, what are some alternatives? With the tools I already have in my toolbox, and we can take me as an example, what are the tools I gained from nursing beyond being able to talk to somebody who wasn't really willing to talk. 
when you're looking at like case management and kind of connecting and resourcing and all of that, those are tools that doesn't matter where I kind of land, it's all kind of a useful thing that I can pass on to somebody else. Even if all I'm doing is volunteering or working as an EA in the school, that's a tool that I have to say, hey, I know somebody who can help you. One of the really realistic things we need to remember living in Canada too is because our industry, uh, economic industry, changes very rapidly. So I live in Alberta. I'm right in the middle of the heartland, so the industrial oil and gas, and I'm about six hours southeast-ish of Fort McMurray. So, you know, when we're talking about what the kind of jobs we have available, I live in a really small community. There's only 30,000 people, which considering you're in Saskatchewan, that might seem big for some of the places, right? <laughs> but in Fort Saskatchewan, you can't live here and expect to work here. It's just, it's not realistic. So sometimes it is kind of having that really frank conversation of, I know you want to be close to your kids or your family or your thing. But is it realistic for you to be able to find a job that can sustain you working and living in Fort Saskatchewan? Is that, is that something that's realistic? And just having that really good check-in with ourselves to say, okay, what else might we be missing? Career cruising is an awesome tool and I recommend it to any of my clients. It doesn't matter their age. They could be 60 and they just retire and they're like, I don't know what I want to do, but I'm making my partner crazy, right? And kind of looking at what that looks like. Yeah. Um, so something that resonated with me is the, is journaling. I've, mm -hmm. uh, it's something that I've never heard of before. It's very interesting. Do you find that, uh, people, um, cause I know myself journaling. I probably, maybe I would, maybe I wouldn't stick with it, yeah. but I, yeah. I, you know, I, like, do you find that people stick with it or how do you find people are with it or do they find that they're successful with it and... What, like, what are your findings? So it really comes down to what their passions are. There are doers and there are thinkers in everything we do. And some of that is really important to remember. So it's those initial first conversations where I can, and again, this is where my nursing comes into hand really, really well, is being able to see a person and spend time in, in their presence to see like, are they a person that needs to do the heavy lifting or are they very introspective and able to kind of look at that? The people that are super busy, and I use some of my youth for that, um, some of my younger adults that are kind of maybe not quite out of high school or have just graduated high school within a couple of years, and they're all over the place. They don't know what they want to do for a career. They're not really sure. They're very similar to the people that I deal with in the same kind of existential crisis of what do I want to be when I grow up, right? So having those tangible conversations and saying, okay, what do you really love? about your day to day? What was your favorite course in school? What is your favorite thing to do in the community? What piques your interest? Do you love to read or does it drive you crazy? Do you like to be busy all the time or would you prefer something where you're kind of sitting and just doing your own thing or multiple touch points throughout the day, but different types of things. So reception and that kind of stuff. Um, considering like, hey, have you thought about being a library assistant? Because some of those are very different touch points where you're doing some very solo work but you're still interacting with the community. So it is very um, targeted conversations, more about what do you love about everything you do day to day? And it could be, you know, I was at home with my kids and I did all the financial management and I did all of this. Did you like it though? Or did it make you crazy, right? Mm -hmm. And developing that relationship with people. Hmm. Um, all the stuff you said to me tonight was super interesting and um very inspirational 
um, you must have had uh, or you must have drawn uh, some professional inf- uh, professional inspiration from other women. Is there yeah. someone that inspired you? Um, you know what? I get inspiration regularly from everybody I touch points with, but I've been very lucky in my career to have some very strong female role models within my life. Um, I left my previous job and moved across the street, and the manager that I had there, she was amazing and really supported me in kind of stepping outside the role that I had working at my other company into more of a management position, which I transitioned to another um, company. And I think by being able to kind of connect with somebody who's been there and has kind of worked their way up, no matter what they did, but isn't afraid to try something new or at least give you feedback. I find that's very powerful for a lot of people to be able to have that that safe space where nobody's judging you and all we want is someone else. And we want to see you succeed, right? We're not trying to best you in anything. We legitimately can't wait to see you celebrate everything you worked hard for. Hmm. That's so interesting that you say that to me because I have some, I've had some great role models as well. And one of, you know, one particular taught me, you know, to not be afraid to try new things. Don't be afraid. You're going to be successful at some things and not so successful at other things, but you will always learn either way. So just not to be afraid. Um, So it's, you know, that was one, you know, something that I will remember and never forget for uh, for the rest of my life. Yeah, and that's a really important thing to remember is there is there is somebody in everybody's life that kind of went and had that aha moment of, hmm, I never thought of it that way or just a, the great learning opportunity or even somebody that challenged you to be a better person. And it happens to all of us. It's when we kind of take a moment to regroup ourselves. And it, I'm not saying that you're not allowed to have that little moment where you're like, this is really hard. And that's okay to mm-hmm. have a really hard moment and to kind of be in it for a moment. But then mm-hmm. it's almost like you pull your pull your boots up and off you go and see what else, else is out there. Because there's a job for everybody. We just have to be patient and tenacious enough to find it. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. 150% on yeah. that one, Megan. If you, were, if you were to use one word to describe yourself to our listeners today, what would that word be? Um, personal growth is really important to me. Um, I have a very extensive um, nonprofit background and I'm very heavily involved within my province and my city and what I do. And I believe giving everybody that opportunity to learn and grow is super important. Uh, I make sure to challenge myself every day to try and learn something new. And that's not to mean I succeed every day. You know, the old adage of you need to learn something new every day or your day was kind of a waste. I think being able to recognize that, oh, that was a really good learning moment is something that, you know, I've really respected and it has really allowed me to kind of step fully into the role I currently have to see what else might come down the pipeline. Very interesting, very insightful. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts today, Megan? One of the things that I just like to pass on to anybody is never be afraid to try it. The worst thing anyone is ever going to tell you is no. And if that's the worst thing they're ever going to tell you, then you say, thanks so much for your feedback. I really appreciate it and have a great day. And go on and try the next thing. We're really great at kind of beefing each other up, but I think we really fail ourselves in saying like, hey, you're a really awesome person and you got so far already. What about one more step? 
and knowing that there are people in all of our lives that are there to cheer us on and make sure that we are successful and then to celebrate with us as we kind of take that next step. You need to find the people that are in your ring to say, hey, you did a really good job. Mm-hmm. I was, I've been saying to myself lately that uh, um, building a community, so when you have a community of people who uh, support you, um, you can't lose. Um, I, yeah. I think you can only be successful when you have that great community that, that supports you. That's right, and 100%, and it's true for everybody. So never be afraid that someone's going to say no to you. Take the next step, and never be afraid to reach out because guaranteed somebody knows something even if all you're doing is asking it anonymously on a social media profile. Hmm. Very, very interesting. Um, if any of our listeners want to get a hold of you, Megan, how might they do so? Um, I am very easy to find on any social media platform. I do have a LinkedIn profile under my name, and I'm easy to find on Facebook as well because that's where a lot of my clients reside is in a social media network. Um, we've learned a lot of that for covid of trying to connect so please feel free if not um i can definitely take referrals from anybody and i am open to helping as much as i can wonderful well on behalf of myself and my very special guest today megan pollard i would like to thank all of you for listening today until next time be safe and remember if we all work together we can accomplish anything